Greetings, Earthlings. Welcome to Voices from the Real World. Profile Theater is a theater company located in Portland, Oregon. Profile Theater centers the season around a season-long featured writer. Our best artists help us see. And at Profile, each year, we use a different writer's unique perspective as a lens that helps us see our shared world in new and surprising ways. Community Profile is an affinity space built around the structure of a free writing workshop. Participants in Community Profile meet, write, support, share, and bear witness to other people who may have walked a mile in their shoes. In Community Profile, we feature writers who have won awards and had numerous books published, as well as writers who are making their first foray into expressing themselves on paper. The result is writing that is singularly personal, provocative, powerful, moving, funny, tragic, beautiful, and that encapsulates the entirety of the human experience. What this podcast does is give those writers, those creators, a chance to share their life stories and their writing in a public forum so that we can celebrate and appreciate victories that have been won and challenges that have been overcome by people whose lives you may recognize or be experiencing for the very first time. So... I am here with Sankofa Future Past, uh, which is how I first met you, but I believe your name is different now. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Um, Sankofa Backwards Looking Prophetess. Yeah. That's awesome. That is a magnificent name. <laughs> Thank Do you want to tell me a little bit more about that? Yes. Um, so Sankofa is a bird that flies forwards while looking backwards. Um, it's like... It's from, uh, it's an Akan Adinkra symbol. And um, it, yeah, it means like, it's about like listening to the past and carrying that into the future. And, um, and then um, the backward, backward looking prophetess um, is actually um, because uh, I, I, I sort of came up with this name because um, I, 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 I went to Ghana a few years ago. That's where my dad is from. And, um, I was actually having like, um, what is labeled psychosis, but, um, I saw it as like a form of magic and, um, and also like, um, seeing and understanding things in a different way. And, um, even like seeing the future through the past in a way. Um, and, um, yeah, there's a, there's a funny story about how, like, I arrived at the conclusion that I was like a prophet, which is like, um, I was at this training session for my aunt's organization and, um, there was someone giving a talk at the training session and well, first they, they called up this, um, this real woman of they called her a real woman of God to like say a prayer. And, um, my psychosis was telling me that like, oh, they're tell they're saying that I'm a fake person of God or something like that, because this person up is up there and they're like a, a real, a real woman of God. And, um, and then the lights flickered, which kind of made me think like, oh, like something's going on. Like, um, you know, maybe, maybe I, maybe I do have these, I have some powers or something like that. And then, um, at the end of the talk, the person who was giving the training session looked around the room and said, um, and said, um, about the organization, something like either we are going to be a harbinger of peace or a prophet of doom. And he 
looked at me. He made eye contact with me when he said prophet of doom. I think it was just a coincidence, um, probably, but I always think that coincidences mean a lot more than they do. And I think that there's also truth to that too, that um, sometimes like, Maybe, maybe, maybe something is speaking through him to me, telling me that I'm a prophet of doom. So, and since that happened, that was 2015. A lot of very horrible things seem to just keep happening. So, yeah, yeah. Wow, wow, that's 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 a lot. Yeah. Um. Uh, and tell us more, Sankofa, about who you are. Like, the, so that, how long ago was that? And what led up to that trip? And, and what are you doing with your life? Yeah, so I guess I wanted to go on this trip at a certain point. Um, I was definitely having, like, um, I was... I was experiencing, like, what is labeled as psychosis, but I felt like... I was, my education was very Eurocentric and I wanted to try, I hadn't been, I hadn't gotten in touch with my dad's family, like my entire life, um, aside from like the odd letter or something like that. And, um, and I, I really wanted to, to meet them. And, um, and so that was, that was a huge part of my reason for going there. And, um, just learning about them, learning about myself, learning about the, um, you know, the Ashanti culture and, um, and, um, yeah, but at the time, um, because I, I had dealt with like a series of different, very like tra traumatizing incidents in my class, um, with racism. And, um, I, I, um, I grew up with like um, content warning for um, child sexual abuse, no details. Um, but yeah, that was something that was in my past growing up. And I think those things put me at a risk for developing this um, condition. Yeah, there's lots of research about how that happens to people. And so I, w I was eventually diagnosed as schizoaffective. And, um, but, um, Can you explain that that term to us? I, I don't oh. know what schizoaffective means. Yeah, so schizoaffective is like schizophrenic with a mood disorder. Um, so for me, it's like bipolar. Um, and the difference between schizophrenia and psychosis, psychosis is like a break with reality. And schizophrenia is like, it, it lasts for longer than, it, it's like six months or longer that you've had this experience and it recurs it yeah it it recurs and um the way that it's treated is with um uh antipsychotic medications and um yeah i think they can also do more to provide people with therapies as well yeah that sounds very difficult yeah yeah and you're going to school right now correct um well i i i did just complete my honors thesis i got an a plus on it Wow. Fantastic. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and then I am going to, um, I'm going to take some time off. I just decided, I just made up my mind that I'm going to take some time off just because like, yeah, it, it, there has been like a lot of difficult things to deal with in the program and, and it's a pandemic. So, yeah. So what was your thesis? 
Um, it's called Skeleton Magic in Freshwater, and it's on um, Akweke Amazi's novel Freshwater, which is, um, it's a story about an, someone who's an Obanje, which is like a kind of like, um, they embody um, spirits uh, that try to pull them back to the other side. And they are those spirits as well. Yeah. So um, the spirits um, in, are in a body and they're trying to leave the body and go back to the afterlife. And so they're like always kind of bringing um, hardship to they're always bringing hardship to people. And, um, but what I found that's what, what's interesting, well, not that there's one particular thing that's interesting about it, but what I deal with in my thesis is, um, uh, the, is like, um, cause it, it's looking at what people would label maybe mental illness through like a traditional Igbo perspective. And, um, hmm. Yeah, and so like I'm, I'm very interested in um, first of all the African and diasporan um, spiritualities that the novel deals with, and also um, how people can navigate what Akweke and Maisie calls marginalized realities, which are like spiritual spaces that are um, usually pathologized by hegemonic medicine through magic and how they can communicate like or translate between marginalized realities and non-marginalized realities with magic as well yeah Ooh, that sounds super fascinating <laughs> whoa you. you know it makes me think of i remember uh reading or watching something years ago where they were talking about like even in like christianity in the old testament the prophets in the old testament uh, we're all dealing with, you know, if they, if they were around today, oh, yeah. we would say that they had mental illness. Right. You know, because like one of them walked around town with like a, the board, the, the, what do you call it? The, um, oh, I can't think of the word that ox is, that then an ox carries around. Oh. You know, like, right. on, like on his back, he carry, he would carry that around. Another oh. one, an, uh, Another one walked around Jerusalem naked oh, all the time, yeah. you know, and like the main criteria for a prophet was if whatever they said came true, you know, that was it. And so like, you know, um, and I think that, and I, I think there's a lot large history of what you're talking about, you know, because yeah. um, like, like of what, uh, you know, in this culture. Um, we call that mental illness in another culture. That person was the shaman or the witch doctor or the seer or whatever it is, you know. It's funny, yeah. I can remember, like, I, you know, I've seen, uh, anyway, never mind. Enough about me. This sounds super fascinating. That book sounds super fascinating. Thank um, you. and it sounds like you are really on the right track, thank you. You know, and I, I hope you continue to cultivate those gifts. Thanks so much. You know? Um, so, uh, what brought you to Community Profile? Yeah, so um, I I was I had a moment where I was like I really want to do like um, you know art that has to do with like social justice and then I thought about it and I was like theater seems like a great format for that and so um, and I was looking for like a safe space where I could do this and I reached out to my friend Pema or I just kind of said to my friend Pema like oh that um, you know that this is something that I want to do. And then Pema told me about this, um, these workshops and yeah, I'm, 
I was just like, I was really thrilled. And then joining as well was like, yeah, it's been so amazing. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, do you have uh, some of your pieces that you wanted to share with us today? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to give us some context first or do you just want to go into it and then talk about it afterwards? Oh, um, yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll read it first and then give the context just because then I'll remember. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> okay, so this one goes, Dear Medical Establishment, I, I am used to my injections now. I am used to the prolonged pinch I receive once a month that keeps me stable for the rest of the month. I found a way to receive it that doesn't re-traumatize me for the most part. I just tell my nurse as we pass through the immaculate white hallways on our way to the injection room that I prefer to receive it in the ventro-gluteal. I say this because it is best practice. I don't give the honest reason that I am anxious about having my clothing removed by another person. I don't tell you the truth because I can't afford to be invalidated by again by you. I can't afford to be told that Vancouver is not a racist place as the first doctor who saw me on my mental health journey told me in 2015. I can't afford to be told that my ethnicity is weird like Barack Obama's and that I should just stay strong as I was told by the first psychiatrist who ever saw me when I was acutely psychotic and disclosed my experiences of sexual and racial abuse to her. I can't afford to be told that I do not deserve to be believed about the sexual abuse I endured as a child because I am unable to spontaneously present evidence to a cisgender white man psychiatrist who I don't even know and who is holding me against my will. What, uh, what survivor or victim of child sexual abuse is able or is able to spontaneously pre present evidence, let alone in these circumstances? You know, you know I need you, and that's why you can pathologize my spirituality and invalidate my experiences of racism every time I access your services to get what I need. Dear medical establishment, I deserve better. We all do. Now, that piece is harrowing. Mm -hmm. And if I remember correctly, a lot of it is autobiographical. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's that. Um, that's intense. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk to me a little bit about it? Like, who was this uh, person who told you that your ethnicity was weird, like Barack Obama's? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, that was a psychiatrist that I saw. Um, that was a psychiatrist. Yes. <laughs> that was Swell. a psychiatrist that I saw in Vancouver. And um, actually seeing her was actually like a, a breath of fresh air after the first uh, doctor that I saw um, in um, at um, uh, yeah, at a walk-in clinic in Vancouver. And that was the doctor who told me that Vancouver is not a racist place. Just seemed to just seemed to dismiss everything I was saying. And um, that there could possibly be racism at UBC or in Vancouver. And, um, and what made it even more painful was that this person was um, an East Asian person of color. And so that made me feel like really that just made me feel really confused. Like I was like, well, why, why is this person saying there's no racism in Vancouver? 
and um, and just dealing with a lot of invalidation and gaslighting prior to that kind of really made me confused even more. And um, this this person, um, this doctor, referred me to um, referred me to the inpatient um, or sorry outpatient clinic um, at, at a large hospital in Vancouver, and um, and at that at that um, clinic, that's where I met this other this psychiatrist, and um, she really missed an opportunity to help me, like because I was planning to go to Ghana when I saw her, and you know I was thinking like I I could tell I needed some help because it seemed like the whole world was literally laughing at me, <laughs> like um, celebrities and. Um, people, my whole school, like everyone was just making fun of me. And, um, and, and so I was really, um, I really did need help. And, and I was having like heart palpitations and just a lot of panic attacks and stuff. And, and so, and what this first doctor said was that I had PTSD because she did believe me that I, that I went through sexual abuse. And, um, and so I, when I spoke to the second psychiatrist, fair enough to her that I was, I was extremely late for the appointment, but she did also miss what was going on with me. Um, she, she talked to me for a little bit and she was like, oh, you know, people in Vancouver are different than people in Alberta because I'm from the province colonially known as Alberta. And, um, people are, people are different, um, in Vancouver than out Al in Alberta. They're like, um, they're, they're hippies. They, tr they try to seem progressive, but they're really, um, they have all these, these anxieties about newcomers, um, immigrants and, um, and they, um, and they're, they feel ashamed of what their ancestors did. And, and, um, and she kind of made some jokes like in Alberta, you know where you belong, but here, like it's more the polite kind of racism, that type of thing. And, um, and, and then I, I told her, but then when I tried to tell her about like the racist incident that I dealt with most recently, she, um, she was like, oh, well, your ethnicity is weird, like Barack Obama's. <laughs> And, um, yeah. Well, you know, and I, I, you know, I was about to ask what was the point, but we already know what the point was. And that was kind of like to invalidate your position yeah, um, in some kind of way, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I don't, you know, I don't know how, how or why even like, uh, well-meaning white people will, and almost like revert right back to, and, and, and sometimes like, like this lady, I bet she doesn't even realize that what she's saying is that your experience was an actual. Yes. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. She, you know. she actually was in fact, not white, which added another layer of confusion to it. She Goodness was gracious. Yeah. She's South Asian. So, um, so yeah, that added another layer of confusion was just all the different people of color I was meeting who were not really having my back in those moments. Um, yeah. I mean, and sometimes, you know, we're, we're not, um, absolved of that same responsibility or from those same missteps, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes some of us, you know, we're like, I got mine, 
So anything that's wrong with you must be wrong with you and not them because, you know, I'm a psychiatrist or whatever it is. You know, yeah. That's too bad. But let's take a break and we'll be right back with Sankofa Prophetess Looking Back. Hot and throbbing. There are two worlds in this story. Reality constructed as we know it and a world that sometimes resembles the real, as we fantasize about it. Cut to interior, night, voiceover. She was hot, she was robbing, but she was in control. Control of her body, control of her thoughts, control of him. And she would make him wait, make him beg. Sounds too male bashing. Make him ask? Fuck it. Make him beg. Make them both beg. Mom, where's your eyeliner? On the top shelf next to the Ben Gay. Hot and Throbbing by Paula Vogel, directed by Jamie M. Ray, is available for streaming November 4th, 2020 to June 20th, 2021 to members and non-members at Profile Theater on air. Learn more and listen at ProfileTheater.org. And we are back with Voices from the Real World, featuring Zenkarfa, Prophetess Looking Back. Yeah, well, I mean, can I just say that I'm glad you made it out the other side and you made it to Community Profile and now you're turning those experiences into art. And uh, if I remember correctly, this is part of what, this is also part of your intention but, but behind joining Community Profile was to, you know, make some work that was proactive in changing things. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so you had another piece you wanted to read for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this one is, sorry, my mouse seems to be stuck here. Oh, there we go. Okay. This one is, um, Dear Trees Guardian. Um, Dear Trees Guardian. Oh, it has a contact warning for, um, death. So I'll just pause so that people have time if they want to skip it. Okay. Yeah. Dear Truth Guardian, you may be tempted to move through this world as a phantom, touching nothing and leaving not a trace. Like a smothering fog, you may be tempted to to just blank out, block out, drift and obscure, because you know because you know that whatever you touch will melt in your hot handling. Because the energy you give off when you investigate what happened is so dynamic, it will melt whatever you touch. And repressing that probing desire that says, I want to know, I have to know, would be to actually face what the cloud draws from, offering itself to your gods as a temporary decoy for the inevitable, your death. No, don't float like the cloud that fears to touch, to see, to know. And I only say this because 
I have been there before, in the white-walled room, with the burning air and the realities that disappear when you touch them. But no, but just know, even though you may play pretend, you are not the ghost, and there are ghosts out there. And you can make more with your hot, potent handling. You can make them, and they will carry and sharpen that melting reality and give it the life its ill-intentioned co-creators never could have willed for it. Don't try to cool the heat you give off. Channel it. Because evaporation follows liquefaction. Trust me, those vapors are realer than real. Trust me, what you've touched will not forget you, though you may forget it. And through no choice of your own, because memory is unduly vilified, its keepers made the targets of realities of sour gas they didn't choose. Best, one who's been there before. Nice. That is such a potent poem. It's so beautiful. Thank you. Um, you know, obviously, I have read it before, and uh, I love it every time. That, uh, and I only say this because I've been there before in the white-walled room with the burning air and the realities that disappear when you touch them. Whew. Oh, thank That's you. That's good stuff. That is good stuff. Uh, can you tell us a little about this poem, where it came from, and what you're getting at? Yeah, so I tried to think of, like, what I was thinking about was gaslighting and like how, um, right. yeah. And like how I could represent that in a way. And I thought about like with gaslighting, it's like when you have a memory, when you it's, well, I was just think imagining like if you had a memory and if you touched it, imagine it evaporates. Um, or if someone says something to you and you bring it back up to them, it's like, and then they deny it. It's like, what happened? It feels like it evaporated. Um, and so that's kind of like the phantom that, that, that drifts through the room. It's thinking like, I don't want to touch anything because what if everything that happens um, just evaporates? And um, what if I am, like, what if me interacting with people and, you know, speaking about things that happened is just making my realities disappear. And, um, and so what I was thinking was like, actually though, by speaking to people, you, those things are evaporating, but they do leave ghosts. And by speaking to other people, you are creating a record, even if the record is them saying that didn't happen or whatever, it's, they still know that you confronted them about it and that there is an issue of it versus if you never say anything about it, um, then, then it really does disappear and you're the only, well, I mean, the other person knows that it happened, but you're the only one who's feels who has been named as responsible for it. Yeah. That's right. That's right. I have to tell you, Sanko, for so much of what the, of the, your story that you have shared, it sounds absolutely terrifying. Yeah. You know, um, and like I would not wish it on anybody. Uh, and I am so grateful that you have 
you know, made it out the other side and you're here to talk to us today, you Thank know, because um, it sounds like you've been in a, a lot of like rough situations where there wasn't anybody there to support you. Yeah. You know, and um, and those moments can't be easy. And I uh, and I really feel like the the work that you shared with you shared with us today is, um, you know, representative of your strength and your courage um, you. and your will to get to this place, you know, and uh I'm so I'm so pleased that you are in the act of, you know, remaking your life into the in the way you want it to be rather than the way other people want it to be. You know, it's a truly impressive um accomplishment. Thank you so much. Yeah, that yeah. means a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um and really beautiful words. Thank you. You know, and who knows, you know, somebody else might listen and or hear it and be like, oh, wow, I know exactly where she's coming from. <laughs> Thanks for throwing me that bone. So now I know I can get out the other side, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And oh, um, I should add my my pronoun is Sankafa as well. Yeah. Sankafa. Yeah. My pronoun is. Yeah. My name. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Because. Right. Got you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm clumsy that way sometimes. Oh, yeah. You know, um, is there other stuff that you would like to share with us in Kaffa? Oh, uh, I, I do have a, um, I do have a, a piece called, um, it's about, it's kind of about the whole psychosis journey. It's very, it's a poem. Yeah. Great. So content note, blood imagery, gaslighting, medication, invalidating conservative rhetoric, demons. The stages of possession slash the neurobiological effects of being raised to think you're just like the white kids. One, the horrible pain you cannot speak is everywhere calling you out. Two, you lose track of time only to find yourself inexplicably on time for everything horrible that's been brewing to reveal itself to you in the most ironic ways. Three, seeking an explanation for the uncanny coordination of space, time, and you, you suspect the government. Four, undeniable patterns enter your consciousness. Five, you try to alert others to what you're noticing, but they think you're chicken little. Six, denial. You can't believe they can't believe you. You rant at your friends. You accost people on their way to class, trying to give them the evidence. Um, yeah, that's six, denial. Seven, everything is tarnished for you because you have exposed the horrible social norms in a way that no one will forgive. Eight, you cannot retract what's been said and you cannot carry on as if you never said it or felt it. Nine, you have no choice but to abandon 99% of people in your life. Ten, you try to run away, but you catch up to you. Eleven, you are everywhere, your hideousness showing in full form. Twelve, refusal to, to accept your shortcomings, four-week-long whataboutism rebuttal. Thirteen, Jesus phase, why else would you be so hated and so right about everything? Fourteen, you somehow end up in the same hospital you were first born in. They take your reality, turn it upside down, and give it back to you. Fifteen. You are walking upside down in a glass room, watching the worst demons you bemoaned take over and destroy the ruined, the ruins of already dilapidated systems in ways you consciously could have never predicted. 16. You've fallen from godhood to loserdom. 
the emptiness is profound. 17. You try to go back to school. School no longer makes sense. 18. Self-gaslighting. You nearly join a white bluegrass band. 19. Self-erasure. You are convinced you're a snowflake who's blowing up your first world problems and seeing that you're a drop of color in a pool, you try to bleed yourself away, dissolve the unwanted pill that is you, to, over, to overwrite the old memories with new ones. You find a collective house full of white people. The first 19 stages repeat until you finally accept that the jerks that held you against your will and didn't believe you about anything you went through know a thing or two about brain chemistry. 20. Acceptance. The worst stage of all. Acceptance is death. 21. Angeldom. You cannot live life as you did before. Takeaways. You realize that most that most whitish people probably wouldn't make it past stage 12 once, let alone three times. You realize that this is also probably a symptom of stage 12, or that you are stage 18 in yourself. You feel gratitude that you were chosen to watch yourself fail at defending yourself against perfectly valid critiques, albeit they are identified source a cause for empiric doubt. You are grateful to have been chosen to experience a one-player simulation game set in a world that reflects your shittiness back at you, and that shittiness is more present with you than ever before. But hey, you've gained superpowers of restraint. Required conditions. You're the kind of person who thinks that you've never gone through anything because you were raised to think that it doesn't count when it happens to you for some reason. Woo! Wow! Sankofa, you go there. You you go all the way there. My goodness. Um, that was a super intense, super personal journey that you took us through. The end. Can you meet 12 one more time? Yes. And 18, I think, is the other one I referenced. Um, I think 18 is self-gaslighting. Yes, it is. And 12 is refusal to accept your shortcomings. Four-week-long whataboutism rebuttal. Uh... Sankofa, prophetess looking backwards. You have been amazing. Your work is amazing. Your story is amazing. Um, and we thank you so much for sharing your time, your story, your art with us. Thank you. Thank you. This has been wonderful. Oh, you have been wonderful. And we're so glad we have you in Community Profile. And continue to tell your truth, sister. Thank you. Thank you so much. And that is it for this edition of Voices from the Real World. Voices from the Real World was put together by the creative team of Jamie M. Ray, Lion Producer, Robert A. K. Gagno, Sound Engineer, Rodolfo Ortega, Composer, and was recorded at the Willamette Radio Workshop in Portland, Oregon, which exists on the traditional lands of Multnomah, Kaflamet, Clackamas, Tumwater, and Malala bands of the Chinook peoples the Tualatin Band of the Kalapuya peoples, and many other tribes who made their homes along the Columbia River. We acknowledge and honor the ancestors and survivors of this place and recognize that we are here because of the sacrifices forced upon them, and we honor their descendants who live on. And I am Bobby Bemea, and this is Community Profile, voices from the real world, real people telling their real stories. Thank you for joining us. For more information about Community Profile or Profile Theater, go to profiletheater.org slash communityprofile. 
To hear more podcasts, go to profiletheater.org slash on air, where you'll find other episodes of Voices from the Real World. If you have feedback or suggestions for me, I'm taking all comers. Write me at bobbyb at profiletheater.org. One love and peace out.